Hi, everybody. It's Max Kevin here. It's the Little Kitty Podcast. What? Wow, I'm experimenting with some new voices. Um, anyway, uh, how's it going, everybody? Did you enjoy your golden week in Japan? Uh, what's that? You don't live in Japan? You have no idea what I'm talking about? Oh, no, no problem. Did you enjoy the first week of May? It's Mother's Day next week. Did you get your mom a new Tesla Roadster? What are you going to get her for Mother's Day? She's your mom. Alright, you gotta spend your entire life savings on a Tesla Roadster for mommy for Mama's Day. Mommy's like, I'm too old to drive. This car's too fast. I don't know. She's like, God damn it, Mom. It's got the auto. It's got the auto drive. This thing costs four hundred thousand dollars. All right, just take the goddamn thing as a present. Happy Mother's Day. All right. No, anyway. Uh, oh, let's see what's going on here. What's let's see what's going on here. What's going on in old. Max, Kevin, Land, you know, not too, you know, not too much. Yeah. Okay, let's just talk about some fights recently. You know, so come. This is a UFC podcast, basically, pretty much. This is a UFC podcast, in Complain About Movies podcast. We'll do that later. Uh, of course, uh, last weekend, you know, we had a, a UFC card. Song Dong, fan favorite, versus Ricky Simone. Uh... Who cares about that fight? Everybody was watching Bare Knuckle. Bare knuckle boxing. That's what everyone. That's what the real fans were watching. We had bare knuckle boxing. We had uh, Chad Mendez versus uh, versus uh, versus uh, what's that guy's name? I forget. I can't even remember now. I I used to remember, but now I can't remember. Eddie Alvarez. That's it. Eddie Alvarez. Both guys that Conor McGregor fought and beat. Yeah, Conor McGregor was in the audience watching, and he beat both those guys. And he was like, I don't know. I guess he was having fun. And, uh, you know, I put I put some money on Chad Mendez because he was younger and uh, probably the better fighter. And uh, he took a whole cosmic fuck ton of steroids after he uh, left the UFC. Holy guacamole, did you see Chad Mendez? Guy looks like he gained like 30 pounds of muscle. He's like fighting, like he used to fight at like one, what, 145? But now he looks like he can fight at like 205. Holy guacamole, dude. That guy's doing all the steroids, huh? That guy's traps. That guy's traps were bigger than my thighs. My God, Chad Mendez, you're such a Chad, dude. Anyway, I put some money on him, and then he lost. He's like, hey, dude, what's going You take all the steroids and you still lose? Can't believe this. You're such a Chad, bro. You're the ultimate Chad, dude. Then, of course, we had Luke Rockhold versus, uh, versus, uh, Mike Perry. Mike Platinum Perry. And, uh, I put some money on Rockhold, but, uh, because he's a better fighter, you know? That's probably a bad bet. Because he's always sucked at boxing. But, uh, you know, he was doing alright. He was doing pretty good there. But then his, his tooth, his little toofers. I hope he brushed his toofers before that fight there. Because his toofers got knocked out. I guess, I don't know, is that like a freak accident? Or like, is that because they have the, they have the no gloves? Like, it's easier for the knuckle, the knuckle of a fist to like, get in your... I mean, they're wearing a mouthpiece, right? He, he had a mouthpiece. Like, how did, how did that even happen? That's what I don't understand. It's like... I don't know, maybe, like, the mouthpiece was slipping, because, like, he also had, like, a... Like, he bit his lip. He bit his lip real hard. I don't know. I guess the punch hurt. I don't know what exactly happened there, but, uh... Yeah, he was doing all right till his twofers... Those twofers fell out there, you know? But, uh... Congrats to Mike Perry. Oh, man. <laughs> Who doesn't love Mike Perry? That guy's so funny, dude. That guy had CTE, like, when he was nine years old. 
been growing up. Of course, I don't know if you know if you don't know the Mike Perry story. You know, he was a hot up and coming UFC prospect, but then he kind of like he's also sort of crazy, you know. And uh, like halfway through his career, you know, he had like a bad like he didn't lose. He lost a fight, so then like he fired all his coaches, and then he started just like coaching himself. And he didn't have any he didn't have any coaches, and he didn't have any like a ring. What do you call it? His cornerman. He didn't have any cornerman. Like his corner, his cornerman was like his girlfriend or something. <laughs> you were just going. So basically, he just had no coaches, no cornerman. Uh, so his career kind of went downhill. But uh, yeah, he's back, man. He's he's great. He's great for the sport. Bare knuckle boxing guy's so funny, man. Oh, congrats to Mike Perry, undefeated. Bare knuckle boxing. Uh, and then, of course, we've got the fights this weekend. we got UFC 288. Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Triple C Cejudo. Uh, I put some money. I put some money on Aljamain Sterling. I think he's going to win. Even though I kind of want Cejudo to win. I'm rooting for Cejudo. But I just don't... Uh, I think I think the main factor is age. You know? That's the problem is age. Age is the biggest in factor in mixed martial arts. And Sterling's three years younger. And Henry Sudo's 36. You know, I mean, if he was if he was 33 and Aljo was 30, I would give the fight to Henry Cejudo, you know. But the thing is, like, oh, God, once you pass 35 years old and you're a, you're a bantamweight, life just goes downhill, man. Holy guacamole. Yeah, for me too, man. I, st- I started feeling it when I turned 35. I was like, where's my libido? I got, I don't even want to, I don't want to do anything anymore. Even though that's kind of how I felt my whole life. I especially feel it now after over 35. I gotta take some testosterone replacement therapy or whatever. That shit that Joe Rogan's on. Anywho, uh, you know, this course, this interesting fight, you know, maybe many people are suggesting that Henry Cejudo, you know, he took those three years off. Uh, so maybe two of those years he could uh, do some more steroids. Because, yeah. like, you're not in the uh, testing pool or whatever. You know, you only have to be in the testing pool for six months. So technically, if you, if you retire, you know, no one's testing your balls for steroids. So I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he did take some steroids, but... Um, uh, Aljamain Sterling probably took a couple cycles too when he was younger. Well, anyway, you know, Aljo's got the uh, got the reach advantage. He's got the age advantage. He's got the jujitsu advantage. You know, of course, Henry Cejudo's probably got the wrestling advantage. But uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Henry Cejudo, he's he's got really good fight IQ too. I don't know. I just I just think the age. I think the age is the biggest uh, the biggest factor there. You know, it's the biggest factor. Okay, let me let me guy let me give you guys the breakdown. Of what wins what wins fights in in UFC. As I've always said, leg kicks win fights. That's basically what it is. If you can kick a guy in the leg, you're gonna win the fight. Okay? So leg kicks win fights. But the problem is you can't leg kick unless you know how to wrestle, right? Because if you if you try kicking some guy, he can just wrestle and take you down, right? So the only people that are allowed to do leg kicks are good wrestlers. You know, because if you're not a if you're not a good wrestler or you don't have good takedown defense, you can't you can't be throwing leg kicks there, you know? can't be throwing kicks at all because you'll just get taken down, right? So basically, you know, leg kicks win fights, but in order to throw the leg kicks, you need a you need a base in wrestling, right? And uh, so basically, you know, the, the best base for uh, MMA is wrestling, and then uh, you need to also get good at striking, you know? Because if you're not good at striking, then you can't be, uh, you know, then you're, the, what's that guy's name? Ben, the other the other dude that got knocked out in five seconds by Masvidal, Ben Askren, you know, his striking was fucking terrible. But then, of course, uh, you know, when you get down on the ground there, when you wrestle to take the guy down, what are you going to do? Are you going to ground and pound him? 
you're going to do the ju- and that's where jujitsu comes in you know that's where you know once it comes to the ground there so even if you even if you are good at wrestling you take the guy down your jujitsu better be top notch you know and that's that's what makes the most interesting fights is like the the wrestling guys versus the jujitsu guys you know and that's what, kind of what this fight is you know henry sudo's a wrestling guy sterling's a jujitsu guy so it's gonna be you know Henry's going to be throwing leg kicks. I know he loves those leg kicks. He's going to be definitely throwing leg kicks. And uh, probably going to use his wrestling. But not to actually take Sterling down. Because I don't think he wants to take it to the ground. I think he wants to use his wrestling to try to get in close. Get in the clinch. Do some dirty knees. Yeah, Cejudo also loves those dirty knees. And uh, yeah, Sterling is probably just going to try to keep him, uh, keep him away from him. You know, he's got that huge reach advantage. And then if he does get close, he's probably going to try to use jujitsu. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess, uh, anyway. Anywho, then of course we got Bilal, I'm definitely Muslim Muhammad versus Gilbert Burns. And, uh, I put some money on Bilal, I'm definitely Muslim Muhammad. Even though I want, I want Gilbert Burns to win. Yeah, both these fights. I want Cejudo and Burns to win, but I bet against both of them. Oopsies. <laughs> yeah. Of course, uh, Burns, uh, you know, both these guys are probably equal fighters, but I think uh, Muhammad, he's just younger, is basically what it is. He's just younger. They both got really good cardio. They're both, they're pretty much, they're pretty much equ- equally matched, I would say. I'd say, yeah, maybe Burns' jujitsu is much better. But Bilal's, yeah, this is another wrestler. Wrestler versus jujitsu, you know? And, uh, yeah, Bilal Muhammad's striking was looking good there. His last fight there, you know, he knocked that dude out. He knocked him out. That, I guess it was a TKO. It wasn't a knockout. But, uh, you know, anyway. He, he won the, he was, uh, he was, his striking was looking good. It was looking hot. It was looking hot. So I think Bilal Muhammad's going to win that one. I kind of want Burns to win, though. Burns really diver- deserves the title shot, man. Three fights. Three fights in three months. Holy guacamole, dude. Then, of course, we got Jessica Andrash. Versus Yan Xiaonan. And, uh, Yan Xiaonan, she's, uh, she's, uh, kind of boring. You know, she's, her fights, all of her fights go to decision. Pretty boring. Jessica Andrade, you know. She, uh, well, she's definitely tier two, you know. She's definitely a gatekeeper. Because, uh, she's not the best of the best, but she's one of the best. She's top five. I feel like Andrade should win this one, you know. I think this might be a gimme fight. They might be giving her this fight. Let's see. She... Let's see. Her last fight, she lost. It wasn't... Not, yeah, it was at Flyweight. Yeah, she lost to Blanchfield. It's Flyweight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Strawweight, she has a definite size advantage. Definite size advantage at Strawweight. And, uh, yeah, her, most of her losses... Let's see. Yeah, she's... <laughs> Yeah, her last loss was at Blanchfield. Submission. She beat Lauren Murphy, but Lauren Murphy was a 40-year-old woman. At flyweight, yeah. Oh, she beat Amanda Lemons. Strawweight. At a flyweight, she beat Cynthia Calvillo, who probably wasn't that good. She fought, yeah, Shevchenko at flyweight. That was that was a sad beatdown. That was not even... Yeah, she beat Caitlin Chuk again. Yeah, so... She's definitely a uh, top-tier strawweight there, so and I think Jan, this other chick, uh, she's not really not that good. So I think Jessa Andras will take that one. 
Uh, let's see, are there any other fights here? I don't know. Movsar Evloev. No, nothing about this guy, but he's undefeated here. Fighting Diego Lopez. Don't know anything about that guy either. Well, how do they have these no-names fighting on the main card? That's uh, what I don't understand. You know, we got we got a big name here. We got Kron Gracie versus Charles Jordan. Of course, uh, Kron Gracie, he's uh, one of the uh, Gracies. I don't know if you ever heard of the Gracies. They were basically the people that started the UFC because they wanted to show that jiu-jitsu was the, was the best. And... Um, of course, Royce Gracie was the uh, was was the uh, UFC. You know, he had some good fights with Ken Shamrock, and uh, you know, other other people as well. Anyway, Cron Gracie, his uh, his name's Cron. I don't know if that's a a Brazilian thing or what, but um, he uh, this is his first fight in like four years. He decided to take four years off. I don't know exactly why. I don't know uh, what the uh, yeah he lost to Cub Swanson. That would kind of, that would make me want to take four years off also. You know, he's like, oh God, I lost to Cubs Swanson. I better rethink my whole life. I better take four years off and learn how to strike. Yeah, I think maybe, is that what he did? Like he, he took some time off to work on his striking or something? Maybe. I'm not sure. Let's see. Grace was signed by the UFC. Alex Caceres. Won the fight rear naked choke. Fuck Cubs Swanson. Lost the fight to decision. Confused by Gracie's... Yeah, okay. Many many people were confused at Gracie's decision to strike with Swanson instead of taking the fight to the ground where he was predicted to have the advantage. In the years since, several members of the Gracie family have spoken out about his loss and criticized the decision to avoid grappling, including his father Rickson and uncle Relson Gracie. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. He just want You know, some of these bros, they just want to bang, dude. I just want to bang, dude. I don't want to roll on the ground and... So yeah, anyway, maybe he took some years off to uh, swang and to work on his swanging and banging there. But the problem is uh, now he's 34 years old. You know, he took time off when he was in his prime. Uh, so now he's out of his prime. He's 34 now. And uh, well, that was kind of, I don't know about that, dude. Maybe use the gifts that God gave you, you know. Anywho, let's see what else we got going on here. We got uh, prelims, Drew Dober, Drew Doberman Pincher versus Matt Frevola. That should be a good fight. That should be a fun fight. Fun fight, dude. Those guys like to throw it on, dude. Then we got Kennedy Nzuchuku. He's got a 20-centimeter reach advantage versus Devin Clark. Nzuchuku should probably, probably win that one. Probably win that one. Then we got uh, Rolando Bedoya. Never heard of this guy. Versus Colleen Williams. Never heard of that guy. Uh, don't care. Uh, let's see. We got any other... Oh, we got another fan favorite on the early prelims. Parker the Porker with a fat penis porter. Fighting Braxton Smith. Uh, Parker Porter will probably lose because he's an old man and he's fat. So, But, uh, you know, you, you, can't not, you can't not root for him because he's a big fat boy. And his name's Parker the Porker with a fat penis porter. You know? Anywho, of course, uh, Zalgas, Zalgas Zumagulov. His fight got canceled twice. That's a bummer there. Maybe next time, you know. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I put, uh, yeah, I put some money on Aljo, and I put some money on Bilal Muhammad. Uh, I think uh, I might. Uh, I gotta look again. I might do a little little cutie parlay. I might do a little cutie parlay with Jessica Andrade and Kron Gracie. Oh, uh, who knows? You know, anyway, uh, that's enough for the that's enough fight talk. That's enough fight talk. Uh, let's go. Let's go with the hot news talk. Let's go with the hot news. Okay, hot market talk. This was this was a uh, this was a big week for the uh, gold markets there. So this was a big week, you know, for the uh, you know inflation numbers there. Of course, the uh, Federal Reserve came out and uh, raised interest rates again, another quarter of a point. They said uh, everything's gonna everything's gonna be fine. 
all the banks are crashing, but we're going to keep raising rates, which is going to make more banks crash, and then we're going to print more money to bail out those banks. But don't worry. Even though we're raising rates and printing more money at the same time, nothing bad will happen. Remember when we printed money last time and, and rates were at 0%, so we didn't have to pay any interest on the debt there, you know? But uh, now uh, interest rates are 5%, so every time we print money, we're going to have to pay even 5%. Oh, oops, oopsies. And every time we raise rates, it's going to make more bankruptcies happen, which is going to force us to print more money in a never-ending cycle. We're going to fucking destroy our currency just like every other central bank has ever throughout all time. You know, anyway, so um, there was a lot of uh, decoupling this week. Uh, decoupling, that's where gold goes up, stocks go down, dollar goes down. That happened on uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Decoupling, stocks down, dollar down, gold up. And of course, on Friday there, uh, gold was down a lot. Gold was down 50 bucks, but stocks were up, you know, so, so it was still decoupling, but uh, went in the other direction. Oopsies. But uh, yeah, I think that was probably just a sell off, you know, because uh, gold uh, went up like 100 bucks uh, this week. And then, so the end of the week there, you know, people taking gains, people taking some gains, selling gold. Uh, we'll see what happens here. We'll see what happens here, Larry. Uh, yeah, I know it's an interesting thing is um, uh, First Republic Bank, right? They uh, went bankrupt there and then uh, and JP Morgan, they, the, they're like, uh, uh, JP Morgan, hey, buy this. If you don't JP Morgan, JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs are basically in, in bed with the government. I mean, they basically are the government, you know, all the, all of their CEOs eventually become treasury secretaries. So it's like a, uh, you know, it's fascism. This is, you ever see those memes? This is what fascism looks like, you know, and then it just shows a picture of like, you know something that's not fascism at all. Um, you know what fascism is? It's, it's the merger of corporate and state powers. Okay, that's that's uh, that's the guy who invented fascism. That's what he called it. He called it the merger of corporate and state powers. You know? So basically, you know, that's kind of what uh, Bernie Sanders uh, whines about is uh, the corporations, you know? And um, even though he doesn't have any idea what he's talking about, but, uh, you know, basically um, what it is is, when, uh, you know, it's when uh, corporate certain corporations get government favors, you know? That's basically what it is. And it's basically Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan are are part of the global banking mafia. There, you know, they're they're the uh, corporate uh, corporate hand of the uh, of the public public private bank, public private central bank, who has the authority to create money out of nothing, however much money they want forever, uh, which makes them more powerful than uh, than uh, you know any any entity ever. You know, so anyway, uh, so uh, First Republic Bank goes bankrupt there and they're like, oh, J.P. Morgan will buy it. J.P. Oh, we'll buy it. No problem. Thanks. Thanks for the bank. Thanks for the bank deposits, you know. So I think they, now they uh, got like 300 billion or something like that in new bank deposits there. And uh, what's very, also very interesting is J.P. Morgan, they're the ones that are, you know, infamous or accused of, well, they're not accused of, they, they were guilty, found guilty of manipulating the gold price in uh, 2012, 2013. They were fined like a hundred million dollars, but uh, you know they made a hundred billion dollars uh, by by uh, manipulating the gold price. So you know, and uh, they just get free money anytime they want anyway from uh, the central bank. So it's kind of fines are you know, oh hundred million dollar fine. Oh, okay, hey uh, I'm gonna go to the guy with the money printer and get a hundred billion dollar loan for zero percent interest. Oh thanks. Anyway, uh, so uh, rumor is they also have a huge gold short position. So basically. Um, the more banks fail, the more gold goes up, which makes J.P. Morgan more likely to fail. You know, so of course, uh, J. 
JP Morgan is uh, heavy on uh, trying to make the gold price go down. And they're uh, in cahoots with the uh, central bank, who is probably likely supplying them with money. And also, uh, you know, doing everything in their power to make the gold price go down because... Uh, as the gold price goes up, it, uh, it uh, you know, destroys the legitimacy of the central bank there. Yeah, it destroys their ability to continually print money forever. So, so that's, uh, that's, a catastrophic, that's a catastrophic failure waiting to happen. Oopsies. Can't wait for J.P. Morgan to go bankrupt. Because basically, if gold, gold goes up, J.P. Morgan's going to go bankrupt. <laughs> oh, it's going to, oh, uh, that's going to be my, that's going to be the best day of my life. I'm going to be so happy that day. You know, anyway, uh, enough market talk. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about that. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, okay. Big, big, uh, big Microsoft, Microsoft Blizzard news. So, uh, so Microsoft, uh, tried to buy Blizzard and, uh, Blizzard's this video game company, uh, who makes World of Warcraft, Diablo, you know, it's a super top nerd company and, um, Microsoft tried to buy them, you know, and, uh, you know, you know, why not? It's a free country, right? You can just... You're, you're one company, you want to buy a game company, why not? Who should tell you no? Oh, you know who should tell you no is every single government around the world. You have to get their okay. For, you know, because antitrust laws, you know? We can't, we can't be having monopolies. We can't be having video game monopolies. Oh, the horror, you know? The poor people, what are they going to do? They're not going to be able to buy video games. Oh, no, they're going to... Oh, the, the video game companies are price gouging us? We're not going to be able to shoot stuff on a screen? For less than a hundred dollars, oh, we need the government to stop. We can't, we can't let these video game monopolies ruin our. Holy shit, dude! How the fuck does this even exist? Like this, this antitrust copyright shit. Why, why does Microsoft need approval from any government around the world for them to buy a video game company? This is, this is the dumbest fucking shit I've ever heard in my life. You know, like I understand, like. Okay, I think all the monopoly laws are fucking retarded to begin with because the only way you can get a monopoly in a free market is is by providing a superior product and, uh, you know, making the price go extremely lower, you know, because really the only monopoly that's ever existed in the free market was uh, standard oil. And because of standard oil, oil pri kerosene prices fell 90%. Oh, the horror. Oh, God, we're paying 90% less for our kerosene. Oh, oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, oh, we need the government to break them up. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're all retarded to begin with, but they're, you know, people needed oil back then, you know, people need food. Nobody needs video games. Who gives a fuck? What? What? Little Jimmy can't buy it. You know, he's going to buy his PlayStation 5. He's not going to be able to play Diablo on his PlayStation. He's not going to be able to play Call of Duty. We need to make sure all these 13 year old kids will be able to play Call of Duty on whatever system they want. So they can, you know, they can call 30 year old people fags and use the N word a lot. You know, goddamn, in every, oh God, you know, so anyway, uh, so every country, basically, uh, every country is um, approving this, except for the UK, you know, you know what they got denied was the UK, <laughs> oh, fucking British people, oh, fucking British people, man, you won't let Microsoft buy Blizzard, why, 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 anyway, uh, oh, I know why, because you want to get your beak wet, because you want to bribe, because they didn't, they brought, they didn't bribe the wrong the right people. Oopsies. Oh, isn't government great? Isn't government great? You know, Microsoft has to bribe the right politicians so they can buy a video game company. Oh, this is an awesome world we live in. We need more government. That's what we need. You know, anyway, uh, I don't want to get too political here. I don't want to get too political. Let's not get too political. 
Uh, of course, there, there, there's also a writer strike going on in Hollywood right now. A writer strike. Uh, you know, you know what's surprising is is that uh, Hollywood actually has writers. You know, have you, I don't know if you guys have ever seen like any of the movies the last ten years, but uh, it uh, they feel they seem like they are written by uh, by just like uh, like a bingo card. Like you know, they just had like certain phrases on a bingo card, and then they just like give a horse like a lot of nachos and just have the horse like diarrhea dump all over the bingo card, and then select the dialogue from that bingo card, and that's how the movie gets made. That's pretty much. Oh, the I mean, the writing in almost every movie is god-awful. It's fucking terrible. It's, like, not even passable. It's, like, not even, you know... <laughs> it's, like, wh what were they thinking levels of bullshit, you know? Like, and all these movie scripts are, like, they're not even written by one... Like, they're written by one guy, and then they're rewritten by another guy, and then they're rewritten... So there's no, there's no vision. There's no artistic vision, you know? These scripts are, like, written by 27 people, you know? And it's, like... I mean, I understand why the writers are striking, but it's like, I don't think Hollywood never hired you in the first place. They never, they never hired a decent writer for anything in the first place. They just, you know, they spend all their money on, on computer graphics and fucking cheese tables. I don't know what they spend their money on, but Jesus Christ, all these monies are, all these movies are fucking terrible. So, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess the writers are pissed off because ChatGPT is like writing stuff. I mean, ChatGPT, it could write better stuff. Than them anyway, so uh, uh, I mean I'm a writer myself, so I understand their I understand their strife. I understand their strife, but um, the thing is Hollywood was never hiring writers in the first place, so I don't know what exactly the problem is here. I don't know. I don't know what exactly the problem is here. Of course, I did see the uh, the Mario movie, which uh, which definitely could have used some help from some writers. I don't know who wrote that movie, but uh, <laughs> it was all right. It was it was it was it was fun. It was entertaining. I saw it in 3D. Okay, first, first complaint about the Mario movie. It was it was all right. It was a decent movie. It was decent, dude. Go see it. It's fun. It's fun. You know, the animation was pretty awesome. It was very colorful. You know, but the uh, the writing was kind of a mess. The movie kind of had like no. I don't really understand what the plot. Okay, spoiler alert. You know, kind of had the same plot as the uh, the original that 1990s Mario movie where he's like a real world person. You know, he gets sucked into the. Uh, the Mario world there, and, uh, and, uh, then he, like, meets the princess, and, and, uh, you know, Princess Peach is, like, super powerful, she's super strong, you know, she's a strong black woman, even though she has blonde hair, and, uh, Mario, he's, uh, he's not, he's not very good at anything, you know, it didn't make any sense, okay, you know, when he's in the real world, they show him, like, running, running to his job, because he's, like, late for work, or whatever, you know, so he's, like, and they do, like, a side-scrolling platform thing, and he's, like, jumping around, so it's like they're showing they're showcasing his agility, you know, and then uh, but then he goes to the Mario world and, and Peach is like, okay, here's a power up, run this course there, and then he sucks. I don't know. He he lost all of his agility. I guess I don't know. I don't know exactly what it was there, you know. Uh, but they didn't really have any like uh, character development or like relationship development, you know. Like they they're Peach and Mario go on a journey. Like in the Mushroom Kingdom, like then we need to go to Donkey Kong World, you know. And it's like, okay, so that journey to Donkey Kong World, that that could be a good time for like build build some relationship, you know, have some have some dialogue there, you know, have these characters develop a relationship. But instead, it's just a montage, you know, it's just a montage of them like climbing the mountain and then and then they're in the Donkey Kong World. And it's like, okay, we're here. No time for character development. All right, this animation, this shit's fucking expensive. All right, costs a million dollars a minute. All right. 
This movie's already 86 minutes, you know. And of course, the uh, the action scenes there, like they were pretty good, but uh, am I just old man? I felt like they were way too fast. Like I couldn't tell what was going on on the screen there. I felt like the action scenes, they probably could have just slowed down the movie like 10%. I think they, they, they probably could have slowed down the entire movie by like 5 to 10%, you know, and just made it a little longer. They were just like, you know, just right click on it and just like play slower. I think, I think that would have helped like the action scenes because they were just so like so much shit's going on here. It's like, oh my God, I have ADD. Oh God, I'm getting a seizure. You know, you could have slowed down those action scenes a little bit, just a little bit there. And of course, another thing that bugged me was like the, uh, the use of uh, the 80s, 80s music. There's a lot of 80s music, you know, like they were playing to be a hero. And you gotta be strong, and you gotta be fat, and you gotta be do, but but do. I mean, that's a good song, but what does that have to do with Mario? You know, and then they and then they played, uh, you know, uh, what else? They, you know, uh, Mr. Blue Sky, Mr. Blue Sky, please tell us why you had to hide a whip so long, so long, blow. You know, and of course that's a good song, but what does that have to do with Mario? You know, and there's like so much original Mario music that they could have played. I feel like they should have just played Mario music, you know, like, you know, uh, remixes of Mar- like, why, why not just play Mario music? Why license any, any song at all? Anywho, uh, yeah, I didn't really understand, like, <laughs> like they, they recruit, okay, spoiler alert time, they recruit the Donkey Kongs, the Donkey Kong army to go fight. They're like, okay, we, I don't really understand the plot of this movie at all. You know, they're like, oh, we've got the Donkey Kong army. All right, let's go fight Bowser. But we gotta, we gotta take this secret route. We gotta do the Rainbow Road. We gotta do Mario Kart on the Rainbow Road so we can get ba- we can intercept Bowser. It's like a shortcut or something. But then Bowser knows about the shortcut and he, he captures them all in the Rainbow. I didn't know exactly. I didn't exactly. Like, how did that? What was it? What were they supposed to do exactly? What are they? They're supposed to intercept him. But their plans got thwarted because, I don't know. Maybe hire a writer. You know, maybe hire. Chad GGBT to like t- to fix the script a little bit, and then like uh, you know, like Mario didn't like. He never. He never like there was no like uh, okay in every Mario game you know there's eight worlds and the eighth world is always like uh, Bowser's Castle world you know, and so like they had all these uh, different set pieces where like Mario was like jumping through levels and stuff you know it's like nostalgic levels but they never, he never went to the the Bowser world you know. Like, like Bowser had this big flying kingdom thing. Like, I feel like Mario should have had to go on that flying kingdom and, like, fight through it, you know? Like, it was the one of the levels in Mario, you know? But he never did that. And then he never, like, fights... He never, like, fights, uh... Like, the, the magic the magic dude. He never fights him or anything. Like, he doesn't, like, fight, like, the mini-bosses or whatever. You know? He just kind of fights Bowser at the end there. Uh, I kind of felt like... I don't know. Could have used a writer... I guess could have used could have used a writer on this movie. I think maybe maybe spend just slightly less on the on the graphics there, slow them down five percent. Spend a little more money on the writer there. Okay, anyway, uh, this podcast this is, this is a medium cutie podcast right here. Well, this is what you get here when I don't make podcasts every two weeks. You know, I got thirty minutes of shit to talk about. And uh, okay, one more thing. We got one more thing. Tokyo Comedy Bar had their first uh, first year anniversary. Congratulations. Congratulations, Tokyo Comedy Bar. You made it one year. You know, of course, most most businesses fail after two years. So, you know, one more year to go. One more year to go. Hopefully it won't fail. 
yeah, it was uh, it was really crowded last night. You know, there was like two two sold out shows. Yeah, I was kind of like I, I was on the list. There. I was kind of surprised because like I didn't I don't know some of these weekend shows. You know, they're not always they're not always packed. You know, but I guess uh, maybe they spent more money on advertising or whatever. I don't know. I felt like it was kind of just it was going to be just like a like comedians only type party, but uh, there was actually a very big audience. And I wasn't prepared for that. And uh, all week I was just thinking, what jokes am I going to do on Friday? I mean, it's not going to really matter, right? It's just going to be other comedian dude to do, you know. So like on the train there, on the train there, I just wrote some some roast jokes, like roasting the club there, you know. And then I get there and there's all these people. I'm like, oh, God, there's all these people here, you know. None of these roast jokes are going to make any sense because none of these, none of these customers know any of the comics. So uh, I just kind of did like half half a half a set there of some jokes that I didn't know work and then I kind of went to my to my roast jokes and I had a couple more roast jokes I wanted to say but I ran out of time I didn't have time you know can't run the light don't run the light anyway uh yeah Tokyo economy bar is getting better man it's uh it's getting uh it's getting it's getting it's getting uh it's getting there hopefully we'll have some uh wish we could get those you know it was sold out there you know it was, it was great performing in front of like 50 people you know Wish we could get 50 people on those open mic nights. That would be nice. That would be nice. Then I could test my poop jokes and fart jokes. Let's see which poop, which poop and fart jokes are the best. Hallelujah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, I guess that's it for today. Maybe we'll see you next month. Thanks for listening. Maybe we'll see you, I guess, next month. I already said that. Bye.